political pulse with the Navi Emoji because our election is only four days away. And so I know you need that last minute push, that additional information so that you feel prepared and ready to go into your polling place on November 6th and make the decisions that are going to ensure you live in the kind of community, the kind of state, and the kind of country that you wanna live in. So today, in order for us to get there and to do that, I've got a special guest right here in the 97.3 The Beat studio, none other than the Grand Rapids City Clerk himself, Mr. Joel Hondorf. So thank you so much for being Maybe here, Maybe it's Joel. great to be here today. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you, you found the time to join us um, today. I think because it's the last Friday before the election, it's a really important show to me. So I am really excited because I know you've got some really important information yeah. for listeners. Yeah, our office is busy. We've been humming with absentee ballots all day this all day today. I was out, I came back in and like had to meander through the crowd of people voting absentee. <laughs> so that's been great. First of all, I want to give a shout out to my family who's watching. They're eating some Brenner right now. You know what Brenner is, right? Brenner? Like yeah. breakfast, breakfast for breakfast dinner? Breakfast for dinner. <laughs> okay. So I'm missing Brenner at the moment. John's thinking about that one for a minute. <laughs> so, so they're having Brenner tonight and they're, they're watching live. So. Well, shout out to the, uh, is it the Hondorp family? The Hondorp family, the yes. The Hondorp family. Yep. The Hondorp crew. If you're listening, you guys feel free to pull up the Facebook Live video and comment so he can see you're watching right now. Um, so before we get into uh, anything else, let's start with this position. You yeah. are um, one of our newest city administrators. Um, listeners. Well, well, Mark Washington is the new guy. Oh, yeah, he's the new guy. The... <laughs> I, I, I told I said, oh, yeah. I handed the mantle to him. <laughs> As the newest I, one? Yeah, and I told him I'm much older than he is because I'm four months older than he is. Oh boy! So, so 1972 is representing in City Hall now. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. good to know. Um, you're one of the uh, administrators yes. that um, came into office this year yep. um, when we learned of the retirement of Darlene O'Neill, your predecessor, I believe, um, as City Clerk. She came on Political Pulse a couple times. She was a huge can uh, advocate for. Um, increased transparency with government, authentic community engagement, and for the city clerk's office being understood by all and accessible by all. Um, in what ways do you feel like you're going to carry on that legacy? I, I do. Those are, some, those are some big shoes to fill. Um, They're stilettos. We can change them to loafers. But. Yeah. Um, I don't I do not do good well, those. I mean, I always said she dresses much better, and her hair was always much better than mine, too. So, <laughs> she was um, no, she, no, she, she, she was good people. Uh, she always had a smile on her face. Um, and so I came to Grand Rapids from Byron Township. Mm -hmm. I was the clerk there for 18 years. I was elected in 2000. Um, that was the last time I actually... So township clerks are elected, so I was actually on the ballot. Um, and so the first, first race I had was in 2000, but then in 2004, 12... Or eight, twelve, and sixteen. I ran on a poll, so my filing deadline was on election day, or on filing deadline day. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, and then I served before that for four years as a township trustee. So I spent twenty-two years on the the Byron Township Board um, before I threw my hat in the ring to uh, become the Grand Rapids City Clerk. Though, even though um, I grew up in Byron Center and grew up there, but I have, I have deep roots roots in the city. My dad is a 1966 um, graduate of South High, okay. and he was a 30-year city employee. And I, I worked for the city in high school and or in college too. So um, those nice yellow hydrants out there, <laughs> I painted a lot of them during oh college. So um, in, in my hundred-year-old grandmother, she was in seventh grade at South High when Gerald Ford was the president, oh, wow. or was there when he was a senior. So even though 14 miles down the road. 
lot of hit, a lot of roots in the city of Grand Rapids. Absolutely. So for listeners who may not um, have a, a, a intimate understanding of the office, what uh, what is the city clerk responsible for? Right. What are some of the primary responsibilities that you have now in this office, and how does the city clerk's office affect the everyday life of the Grand Rapids? Right sure. Now? Um, well, obviously the most visible right now is elections. Mm-hmm. Everything's focused on elections. Uh, that's probably the most the, the most visible and um, the one that everybody pays most attention to. But a lot of things that t- t- um, touch your everyday life is uh, is that we are in charge of all the business licensing. Mm-hmm. So all those snowplow operators out there, um, private private refuse haulers, um, if someone wanted a one room Airbnb kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, short term rentals. Those kind of things we license through through our office, plus very various other things, dance halls, anything like that. All that licensing goes through our office. So those are things that touch you touch your life every day. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also a passport agency. So if you need to get your you need a passport, you want to go somewhere fun, you need a passport, you can come down to our office the day after the election. We're kind of suspended passport services right now. Yeah, until imagine the you're busy yeah, right now. Yeah, so we so. Normally we do that, but you can, we take your picture and everything and help you get through that process. Um, we also do a lot with the, with the mayor and the city commission meetings. Of um, working, t- t- we work tightly with the city manager's office and getting the agendas ready for the city commission meeting. We do the minutes um, for all the commission meetings, the committee of the whole, all those mm-hmm. subcommittees that the commissioners are all part of, and we make sure that those minutes are published and um, make sure all the all the notices for all the meetings are published in the newspaper. Um, when we have that, when we have those commission night outs, mm-hmm. nights out, when we have those three, we're our office is in charge of um, putting those putting those together, um, along with all the departments to to bring city hall out to the community. So those are kind of the kind of the big things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I sign my name a lot. I, I, I you know we see a lot. I, I, we have all the contracts that come through, so um, I feel like I I sign my name a lot. Yeah, and, so, and, and your name probably appears on lots of documents. Yeah, and checks now, too. So That's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. It's got to feel pretty important to have your name that, all that, over the place. That's, that, well, that's right. So, um, no, but but it's, um, and I wanted, what I want to do, and Darling did a good job of um, getting out to the community, and I've been trying to do that, and, and meeting with um, different organizations, spending a lot of time with um, West Michigan lawyers, you know, the ACLU West Michigan lawyers, and... Um, and proactive with Kathy Harris with proactive and others mm-hmm. to understand um, what the history was between their group and the city clerk's office, how we can continue to have understandings and work together on on um, important issues. Absolutely. So going forward, you mentioned that the election is, is coming up and, and obviously fairly quickly, right? We're four days out. Um, if you're listening to this live um, during our Friday recording in studio, uh, we're four days away. So is it too late for people? You mentioned that you just have been, you know, trying to part the Red Sea through the city clerk's office from all the people trying to vote absentee. I actually had a friend tell me today at lunch that they weren't sure um, how to navigate voting absentee. Mm -hmm. Recently moved, relocated to the other side of the state. Um, what do you have to say to listeners who want to know, is it too late to vote absentee? How does it work? Do they Can they get it mailed to them in time? What what options are left right. available to them four days away? Well, um, mail is still an option by law, but it, mail is not an option by practice. 
Mm-hmm. So you can have an absentee ballot mailed to you as of 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. However, if you've noticed how long it takes for something to get delivered in the mail now. They call it snail mail for a reason. Yeah, well, it, the, the snail is slowing down. Yeah. Um, so they, they're processing mail differently. So so thus, the um, we're not... We're seeing a lot slower time, so I think we're getting plat- we're we are past the time where mailing is really an op- is really an option. But we are open. City Hall is open tomorrow from eight to two, so eight o'clock to two p.m. City Hall is open. You can come and get your absentee ballot. You can still take it home with you. So if you don't know how you're going to vote yet, you can take it home with you, and um, you can drop it back off on Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, our office is open Monday um, until. Till four o'clock, you can get an absentee ballot on Monday, but you have to vote it in our office. You can't take it with you. So I recently saw, you know, um, the Grand Rapids Proactive in conjunction with the Grand Rapids chapter of the A. Phillips Randolph Institute held an event called Souls to the Polls. It was a Facebook event. Um, they were encouraging people, especially black clergy, to get their membership out to vote in person, I believe this past weekend. Some of the comments in that Facebook thread were people countering that this isn't legal. You can't go. There is no early voting allowed in Michigan. How do these people think they're going to go and vote before the Tuesday election? Um, what do you say to those people who said that you can't vote early? Sure. Well, um, they are correct that we, we don't have early voting in the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. but we were doing in-person absentee voting. So um, some not everybody voted their ballot when they were there. They could take their ballot with them. We were just, we were just open. So the, the souls of the polls was the the, the, um, the the name for those groups putting together who was going to come down to City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, Grand Rapids, same thing in 2016, the Grand Rapids um, City Clerk's Office called it um, that we had open office hours. Mm-hmm. So we were we were open noon to five. And will there be open office hours coming up now? You Just, mentioned that you guys are pretty readily available through this Tuesday. Yeah, so we're, we're open, as I said, we're open Saturday, tomorrow, 8 to 2, and then we're open Monday, 8 to 4. So if someone knows right now that they won't be able to make it to their polling place on Tuesday, they can essentially get all their voting taken care that's of before the week starts. That's very that's very true. Okay. And um, you know the 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 one the one little downfall from absentee voting. I mean, you don't have to wait in line, but the one downfall is you're putting your your ballot in an envelope, and you're assuming that you voted it correctly. Whereas when you go to the polling place, when you go to your precinct to vote, and you put your Ballot in the tabulator. If you made an error on it, um, mm-hmm. if you overvoted or or didn't or you didn't do something correctly, then you it can be corrected right then and there. It so so, so you know those are those are you know you have to weigh your risks versus your rewards. Your reward for doing absentee ballot is you don't have to wait in line. You have time, um, especially for um, folks over sixty or those have mobility issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they have time to sit at home at the kitchen table, um, do their research, fill out their ballot. So that's that's the reward for it. The risk is if they if they um, made an error and didn't try to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, if if you wrote if you voted yes on something and you meant to vote no on your absentee ballot, if you crossed out the yes, that we can then the, um, our AV counting board people will duplicate that ballot to fix your correction. Now, is this a byproduct of the changes to the voting equipment? No. No, or that, is this something that's always that's been something's always been there. We've had we've had fill in the little ovals since we got rid of punch cards in the early two thousands. So what's changed about the equipment most recently? Um, the voter shouldn't see any difference in in the voting equipment. You mm-hmm. fill you fill in an oval, and the and the tabulator reads it. 
Um, what what it changed for us is it's just a little bit different in how the equipment does. The equipment um, it does take a little bit longer for the ballot to process. We're getting kind of into the weeds, wonky stuff here, mm -hmm. but I think it's important for voters to know that um, it takes about nine seconds from when you put your ballot in for it to drop. So nine seconds doesn't sound like a lot, mm -hmm. but you can get a long ways through the door before before nine seconds happens. Mm -hmm. So what we ask is when you're in the polling place and you see, we ask you to stand there and wait until it says ballot successfully cast. And we have like a little card there because what we're finding is people are in a hurry after they're done voting and they're almost to their car and all of a sudden if the machine starts beeping that they did something wrong and they're already gone, we want to make sure we keep them there so we can rectify their problem before they move on. And have election workers been trained to essentially yes. encourage people to stay in there for nine seconds and wait Co for confirmation? Correct. And so, and then we also did a tent card that's going on top of every tabulator that says, please wait until it says ballot successfully cast. Because we want to make sure that people um, know. Um, so, for example, let's say somebody votes two candidates for governor for some reason. So you can only vote for one because you did that show where you walked through the ballot and what you can and can't do. My listeners are very aware that we broke down the sample ballot last <laughs> last time and they now know how many options are on their ballot and probably went and picked up their own sample ballot so that they can know exactly what they were going to be dealing with on November 6th. Now, I'm just sure that this <laughs> happened. All the listeners did it. I'm convinced. I need no confirmation. It happened, Joel. Okay. They have their sample ballot. Yep, that's good. <laughs> that's what that's I'm going to tell myself. Yep, they, and they need it. And 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 I my my tagline is no before you go. Yeah, absolutely. And so so if, for example, say somebody does somebody saw all the commercials and they think Bill Shooty and Gretchen Whitmer are both great. They like them both for for whatever reason. They mark. They, Why? Why do you okay. think that? I'm sorry. This okay. is hypothetical. Yeah, calming down. But they they could they for some who knows what people do but let's say let's say they vote for both candidates for some reason mm -hmm. and so now they've overvoted the if it goes in the tabulator and they don't want it returned it will it won't count the race for governor but it would count everything else okay that, so that it wouldn't correct. essentially they would just have a defective ballot for that no, particular for, office for, for that yeah for that office so mm -hmm. there would be no votes cast for governor but there would be for um, all the oh, other yeah. races that are correct. So now mm -hmm. take, for example, um, in 2016. Um, what, what, if, what if you didn't like either, either of the main candidates for president? Okay, there, there's a lot of people who, I saw that a lot on Facebook and social media. Mm -hmm. I don't like either candidate. Can I, can I just vote for anybody else? So yeah, so you could skip a race too. Say if you don't know what a University of Michigan region is, and you're, you don't have no idea, you don't have to vote the whole ballot. If, yeah, if, if you don't want to vote for a Michigan State trustee. Yeah, <laughs> if, if for some reason you don't want to vote for those positions, you can just vote for governor and, and maybe the first column and don't do the, and then go to the judges. Um, so there, there are other options. So we test for that. So that's part of our test process yeah. is we, we vote. The state gives us prominent, this is a, here's your big word for the day, promulgated rules. Actually, we talked about Lataro Trailer before this, her passing Okay. Apart. She is the last person who came on the air and used the word promulgated. I okay. just put that out there because it's in my head. I know that. Oh, good. So so, so we, we have rules that we have to follow, so we have to test to make sure, will the tagular, will the program take a blank ballot? Will it take votes just for this? Will it will it throw it out if they're overvoted? Mm -hmm. um, what if you vote anywhere else on the ballot that's not a proper place to mark? So we'd have to, we have to do a stray mark ballot where we're marking things. 
So, so we are deep in the woods here. But I want voter, I want listeners to know that we do all this testing process to make sure that the program works, that the, that their vote is secure. Um, the 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 ballot is programmed on computers that are not hooked up to the internet. Mm-hmm. So you know we talk about Russians and Chinese and other the trolls, things, the yeah. hackers, yes, the all, all the other things, duplicate so, voters that yeah. are really just cheating our entire democracy. Right, right. So we look we look at those. Um, but, Hashtag fake news. Yeah. So, so we so we um, but but we're programming in a non-internet environment, and so then when we burn the program cards, the programs burn on like compact flash cards, like you'd have in a camera, mm-hmm. and and so those are burned on computers not hooked up to the internet. And then they're and then um, they're placed in the tabulators, and then that program is sealed with a seal number after we do our testing, so that nobody can mess with that program. So the only time that any time that anything ha- happens that where the outside world touches the tabulators is at the end of the night after the polls are closed and everybody's done voting, we hook up a cellular modem to it to transmit results. So that, and that's that, how we all get our results right. of precincts reporting in real time. Right. And once, a minute, once again, remember, they're unofficial results. Or so they say, but at all the watch parties, you know you start celebrating. But they're still, they're still unofficial to the, the Board of Campuses. So, for example, if you look at um, the United States Senate race in Minnesota a few years ago, when we went to bed, the Republican candidate was winning. And after they did the, the canvas and all that, that's when um, Al Franken ended up becoming the winner. So even the, so, when you have those close races, you you never know what's going to happen because because of provisional ballots, because of write-ins or various other things. If there was equipment malfunction somewhere, there may be ballots that the canvassers add back in. So we talked about something being different in this upcoming election, just regarding the basics of equipment upgrades. Um, another thing that's different about this upcoming election is obviously that there will no be no there will be no straight ticket voting option. Is that correct? That's correct. So, and what does that mean for listeners? Today? Yeah. Um, so if you remember your ballots, your general election ballots from years past, you'd have these pretty pictures of. I think for the Republicans it would be Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan, and for the Democrats they had John F. Kennedy and. Franklin Roosevelt. So they had the little pictures for each of the parties. Mm-hmm. And just remember, there's more than just the Republican and Democratic Party. You have the Libertarian, the Green, the U.S. Taxpayers, the Libertarian. The Independent. Uh, right. No, 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 don't leave us out. Well, it's not, a, it's not a party on there. <laughs> oh, no, Tony's jumping in now. So, oh, that's, uh, that's <laughs> silent Tony. Yeah, that's Tony right. was going to sit silently. Let's see, I want to make sure I don't leave anybody off. So, and natural law and working class. So there are some other parties out there. So but you would have those, and so if you marked one of those ovals, it would select all of the candidates for that race until you got to the nonpartisan section, until you got to the Michigan Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. Now you don't have that option. You can still vote straight party by marking all the ovals for your candidate in that party. Right. Um, you can, but and you could always do a split ticket. Then used to be too. So, but now um, you need to vote if you want to vote for everything. You need to go each office by office. Start so. So when you get your ballot, it starts with governor. So what do you tell listeners who ask, so what do I need to do to vote if it's my first time voting? I had this conversation just recently with my little brother. Shout out to Noah, who called me on FaceTime at like 1 this morning um, from college. He's at Western to talk about um, voting. Um, <laughs> if it's your first time voting, obviously you can't vote absentee on your first time. It, but it, what no, do you need to th- vote? That's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. So you can vote in person absentee first for it, your first time. If voting? you registered at a Secretary of State's office or the clerk's office. Uh-huh. 
so 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 there there's there's little there all electional there's lots of little nuances. So you're mm-hmm. so if if you registered in front of me or my office or you went to the Secretary of State's office, then you can you can vote you can vote absentee for a second because your your identification was verified. Mm-hmm. If you had a mail in registration, so if you went to um the college Dems or the college Republicans, you know, their they their booth, they re- and then they mailed it in. Yeah. Then you have to vote in person the first time. Hmm. So, how do first time voters check to find out if they're even eligible to vote? Um, so they can they can call our they can call our office and we can check because we have like a little box that says MVIP must vote in person. Oh. And if that's checked, then they have to vote in person first time. They can get that taken off by going to a Secretary of State's branch office. So let's say your little brother who's at Western, he's in Kalamazoo, mm-hmm. he's registered to vote here. He's registered to vote in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Oh, that's right. That's, that's where right. I'm from. I know, I, I saw that. I saw you. You're, you're, you're <laughs> Shout cla- out to cla- Benton Harbor. Class of 11, right? Uh, yeah. Not in Benton Harbor, but out of Berrien Springs. Yes. I, I do my research. Oh my goodness. John, you've done your research on me? What? <laughs> well, make sure what I'm getting into. I'm flattered. Well, yes, my little brother's registered to vote in Benton Harbor, yep. and he so, is so, in, what, in Kalamazoo right now. Correct. So if... For example, if he if he did a mail in registration and he found out he called back home and said that's where if that's where he's registered and they say yes it's MVIP he could go to the Secretary of State's office in Kalamazoo and that could remove that could remove that off. Um, there's been legislation for years about any clerk. So if like if a student's at Grand Valley and they live in like Marquette, mm-hmm. they can come to a clerk's office. That legislation has never gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, to my understanding that um, there is no longer ID required for voting. Is that something new? Because I, I noticed in the past that I've been asked for my ID. I've voted before without my ID, but it was like maybe two years ago no. and I, I signed the affidavit of identity yeah. on the back so, of it. So you are both correct. Okay. <laughs> and so so I've, spent a, I've spent a lot of time, we've spent a lot of time with clerks talking this, and um, the ACLU actually sent a letter to all the clerks um, trying to, Make sure that we have the right signage up. Mm-hmm. So it used to be we had we we would say make sure you have your ID or, or different cities or townships would have something that said make sure you have your ID ready. Make sure something like that. So no, you do not have to have photo ID to vote. Okay. If you have it on your person in your it says the law says if you have it in your possession, then you must show it. So in so I read it as in my possession is it's in I have it on me. So if I say. I have my ID and I refuse to show it to you. That's then, I th- can't that, vote. then you can't vote. Huh? But if it's in if it's in the car, that's not in your possession. It's in your car. So so I've th- I've instructed my workers don't send people back to the car. Don't go back home. Um, if you're out if you're out walking, say you're in Elger Heights and you go for your morning walk. It's 10 a.m. and you you walk by Seymour Christian Reformed Church. There's no line. You're like I'm gonna go in and vote, and you're wearing your yoga pants. No pockets. I know the new fancy yoga pants have pockets. They do. They have this little pocket. Yeah, I know. It's really great. But anyway, say the old school yoga pants without any pockets. (laughs) Okay. What about if I just moved to town on Monday afternoon? And I, you know, I well, let me get, get back, back to my yoga pants stuff. first, Tony. I, I don't want to talk to you about yoga pants. <laughs> Tony, can you please let Joe talk about yoga pants? No. Someone is voting in yoga pants with no pockets. You just have yep. their yoga pants with no pockets. So they have no ID. They they can go in and they will fill out, like Navia said, you fill out the, the back of your application. Yeah. Um, so you're an affidavit. You're swearing who you, you, you I am who I am. And, um, so then you would you could fill that out that you're swearing for your identity. So you do not you do not have to have picture ID, but if you have it in your possession, you must produce it. And it, and it will make it will 
The one thing about having your photo ID with you, even though you don't have to have it with you, mm -hmm. it will make processing a lot faster because there's a barcode on the back of your license. We scan that to pull your record up in the e-poll book. So it, it, may, it will make processing faster if you have identification with you, especially your driver's license, because it will scan your license. And all it is is reading whatever's on the front of your license. It brings up your record so that we can um, process you faster. And when you say record, what are you talking about? Um, your voting record. Your voting record. So your name. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, Tony. Your name. So it pulls up your name. Um, otherwise, we have to hand type those in and, you know, they're people, so um, if there's an error in typing your name, it may take it longer because, no, nope, that's not how it's done. And um, if anybody's handwritten penmanship is like mine, <laughs> it may not be that good. So, so you want to, so you want to make sure that you write legibly if you're if you're there because it is people that are going to be hand typing if you um, yeah. don't have your identification. And then, and, oh, go and, ahead. Just just one more thing, because um, people voters do get nervous when. People are scanning those identification, you know, those IDs. Mm -hmm. But all they're doing is whatever's in that barcode or that that swipe is whatever's on the front of the license. It doesn't give your driver's record. There's nothing. There's nothing about you other than what's on the front of your license. Mm -hmm. So, so that so I don't think I don't think listeners or voters have to be worried about any of those that information. It will make the process go a lot faster, though. Yeah, so actually I was going to pick up on your, your your notion that we want to move faster, right? Yes. That's one of the reasons that a lot of people say they, they don't vote, right? I don't have time. I'm busy. I have this, 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 and this to do. And under the current changes to the voting process, right, knowing that there won't be a straight ticket option that'll just auto-fill half the ballot for mm -hmm. you, all the partisan races for you, you'll have to in an isolated selection, go through mm -hmm. and pick each race and each proposal. I mean, of course, nonpartisan, you had to yep. choose anyway. Um, but there is this um, the notion that it'll take longer to vote now. What should listeners do to prepare for that? And do you have something that you tell people that, that can kind of counter that notion that voting is going to take longer than it has right. before? And well, it already took a long time. Well, it, it's I like to tell people, no before you go. Right. I, I mean, that's my tagline. If, if they go to michigan.gov, forward slash vote, michigan.gov forward slash vote, michigan.gov forward slash vote. No, one more time, please. Michigan.gov forward slash vote. <laughs> okay. You gotta say so it, they go there. Well, you got to say it 39 times for somebody to really get it. But it's anyway. It's so easy. I know they got it. But if, but if, if they go to there, they can they, they put in their um, they put in their information, and it will tell them where their polling location is. Mm -hmm. And if they got an absentee ballot, it will tell them that if we received it or not. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's important to know. Um, and then it will give the list of their candidates. Now, what I did find out, I was on another radio show the other day, and um, it says to, to look at your ballot. Well, it doesn't specifically give you your ballot on that issue. So mm -hmm. I'll have to talk with the new secretary, whoever the new secretary of state is, on, on that because it, it didn't actually, it just had all the candidates in order, um, which, which is okay when it's um, partisan races because they're all in the same order. But when you get the Supreme Court, they rotate names. So, um, so if you look at your ballot and someone that's in the precinct next year's looks at their ballot, your ballots are different in different precincts because it gives rotation. Because if your name was Bob Aardvark, you know you'd be first on every ballot. And if your if your last name was Zemfin or whatever, mm -hmm. you'd be last. So they, that's why they, there's a law that rotates. So going back to my question, yeah, now, oh now, my now, go ahead. now we can go back to Tony's yeah, question. Yeah, Tony. Tony question. Um, if I just moved to town on Monday, I don't. Yeah, you don't have to get in there. If I just moved to town on Monday afternoon and yep. I, I didn't do an absentee ballot, um, but I still want to vote, I still want to exercise my uh, right. 
So, so I'm assuming you've been registered before, or you've never yeah. been registered before? been registered in the country, okay. yeah, but you come from a different state. I never bring that up because I moved to Memphis um, about 10 years ago, um, 2008. I moved to Memphis right before the uh, presidential election. And I just literally walked in and showed them, you know, I got my ID, but I didn't register to vote. But they allowed, it. They allowed me to vote while I was there in Memphis, Tennessee. So I don't know what's the difference. So, so Tennessee, every, every state has different laws and different rules on voting. So Michigan says you need to be registered to vote 30 days before the election. 30 days. 30, in that, 30 days. In that area or uh, just in the state? In, in the state, but I'll, I'll expand on that. Okay. And, you know, we, I can go hours and hours on the right. weeds. But, uh, so you had to be registered by October 9th. So if you're a first-time voter, you had to be registered by October 9th. Um, so if you registered October 10 or later, you cannot vote in this election. Now, that's first time, never, you know, never voted before, first time registered. If you moved, um, so if you moved and... So if you moved within the city of Grand Rapids, you can go to your old precinct one last time. So you, so if you lived in the first ward and you moved to the second ward, um, you can go back to your, your your precinct one more time to vote. If you moved with if you moved to another city or township, you can go back to your old place one more time if it was within the last 60 days. So that's what the law says. Um, so, so yeah, so if you if you moved on the Monday before the election and you were already registered to vote somewhere in the state of Michigan, you, it would not. Oh, sorry, it would not work if you were um, coming from out of state. You would have had to register thirty days beforehand. Okay, so me moving to Detroit and didn't register in Detroit, I can still vote in Detroit, even though. Um, only depends on when you if you didn't if you didn't change your voter registration to Detroit. Mm -hmm. You would still be registered in where you were in the city of Wyoming. Okay. Um, so yeah, it, it's a, it's important because the law does say, say sixty days. Right. So that's the black and white answer. I'm trying to, that to hijack the show. No, you're fine. I feel like these are all important things for listeners to hear, and there's so much I want to cover. Right. I want to get to the actual voting day. Right. I want to talk about that process of actually going to vote. I want to also cover with listeners just to kind of clue in listeners who are in their car or who are online right now. Um, I also want to talk about what the process is like when you see something going wrong in voting. If someone tells you something that is different than what you just said today on the air. What can they do? Right. Um, what are poll watchers, poll challengers? What opportunities are there for people to go ahead and learn more about the people on their ballot and then also to get their neighbors involved in voting? So obviously there's so much more to cover. I, we could talk about elections for hours and hours and hours, but I think today is just the tip of the iceberg yep. so people feel a tad bit more prepared on Tuesday. Right. Um, vote. There you go. One last time. So, <laughs> no, but what, what I did, what it, so here's a here's a couple things that would help. So let's talk about election day. Mm -hmm. So if you so you didn't want to vote absentee or were not eligible to vote absentee because you know there's certain stipulations for that as well. So if you, um, so if you cannot, if you're going to go to the polls, so one thing to know is, um, you, once again we talked about photo ID. So I think we talked about, I think we covered that real well. Um, you'll fill out a, you'll fill out an application. You'll fill out an application to vote. And then you'll bring it to um, the person who's sitting at a laptop, and that that laptop we've been using for quite a few years now, and that has your um, voter record on that. And what they what those people have on that computer is they have a list of people that are in that are registered to vote in that precinct, and then they have a list that says other that's everywhere else, anybody else registered in the city of Grand Rapids. And Joe, how do you know which precinct you're supposed to be voting in? www.michigan.gov. 
forward slash vote. And then how do you know what time your polling place is open and what time um, it closes? They are all open 7 a.m. till 8 p.m. So, and then also, if you're in line at 8 o'clock, you can still vote. But you have to be in line at 8 because there may be lines at the end of the night. And so just because you're in line doesn't mean we don't stop voting. It just means we, you can't get in line after 8 o'clock. So what I've instructed our election inspectors to do is hand out applications to everybody in line at 8 o'clock and then pick up all the applications. So one, so you need an application in your hand if you're still in line. And we'll be using, I told them I'll use cell phone times because those are synced, you know, obviously to the towers. Mm -hmm. So at 8 o'clock, then if you're in line, you can still vote. And But nobody can vote before 7 a.m. either. So there will be lines in certain places. Um, a little tidbit to listeners, 10 o'clock in the morning is a good time, and 2 o'clock in the afternoon is a good time. So that, that um, I guess if you looked at S-curve rush hour traffic, yeah. those are the times the, the precincts are busy too. So 7 to 8.30 in the morning and, you know, 4 to, 4 to 6 p.m. Absolutely. And, and lunch times. And give yourself time, right? If you know you want to vote and it's a priority to you, you understand what's at stake this upcoming election. You've been watching the news. Maybe you are just traumatized by the direction America has turned and you really want to have your voice heard and you really want to be impactful. Then because it's a priority to you, you're going to plan accordingly. You're going to schedule it out. You're going to put a reminder in your calendar and you're going to give yourself time to actually go there, wait if there's possibly a line, maybe drive by earlier on your way to work if you know you're going to go by when you get off to kind of just see how many people are out there. If it's a real priority to you, it's really easy to make happen. Everyone can go to www.michigan.gov slash vote on their phone, on their computer, and really get the information well, that will tell them where to go, when to go there, and what they're going to need to answer right, when they right. do get there. So just a, a couple other tips about in, in the polling place. So we make it a safe place, first of all, because um, people can't campaign within 100 feet of the door. So um, so you can't... you. You may be inundated as you walk through the parking lot, but we want to make sure that when you get to the polling place, um, you're not inundated by campaigns and various others, that you're preparing yourself to go in, go in to vote. Now, is it considered campaigning, Joel, if I have on my, you know, blah, blah for office t-shirt and hat Yeah, you can't. Go to vote? You cannot wear those. We'll ask you to remove those. So if you have like a vote yes or vote no on a proposal button, we'll ask you to remove those as well. Okay. Um, because we don't want, we want everybody. You got to know the voting yep. dress code. Got to yep. know the yep. voting dress code. Yep. So we want to, so we want to. just showed up in all red? That's the, allowed. That's allowed. <laughs> <laughs> language, language matters. <laughs> um, but so it, it needs to say a vote for or vote against or yes or no, um, or, or, or a major slogan of one of the candidates too. Um, so of the candidates that are on this ballot, sorry, let me clarify. Oh. Mm. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave that hanging out there. Okay. Um, so, so I, we just want to make it there. We also said um, let's make it neighborly. So, so that whole Michigan.gov forward slash. Well, I we have we have posters that we're going to ask um, our workers to put on the door as you come in. Um, not every, I know I know not everybody has a cell phone, but almost everybody has a cell phone with data. Um, help your neighbor if someone is looking lost. You can look it up for them too. Help help, help your neighbor. Um, this I think that will that will be helpful Find too. Find polling place. Yeah, and then also yeah. we, we have we also have several we have several place polling locations that precincts are there's a couple precincts within the same building. So just just to clarify, a precinct is a geographical area. Mm -hmm. So if you live between 
Hall and Franklin and between Eastern and Madison, something like that. That's a, I don't know, that's not exactly a precinct, but that's a physical location that's a precinct. Then we have polling places or polling locations. That's the place, place where you vote. So, for example, at Seymour Christian Reformed Church, there's three precincts that vote in that building. Mm-hmm. So um, make sure you look at the maps to figure out you're going in, getting in the right line. So I'm just going to run through really quickly, yeah. Joe, before we get uh, before we close up today, some of the questions that I've gotten around voting. And I yeah. would love for you to answer them live on the air today for some Perfect. folks. Yeah. Um, these questions are not city-specific. I have not just gotten these questions from people in Grand Rapids. I've gotten these sure. questions from people in Bend Harbor, yep. obviously, like the little brother in college, right. and all types of people. So I just want to run through some quick questions that may be on some of the listeners' minds, and I want you to answer them for me. You bet. Um, one of the first questions is, am I eligible to vote if my license is suspended or there's a bench warrant out for my arrest? Yes, you may vote. So you do not need a current Michigan license. So my hundred-year-old grandmother, if she still has her license, she votes absentee, by the way. But if she if she went into the precinct and she she's not currently a driver, mm-hmm. um, so her license is obviously expired, mm-hmm. but she can still use it because it, it still identifies her. So you do not need a current Michigan license. Okay. Um, you need a current ID of photo ID of everything else. Um, if you're using your pat, say you're going to use your passport mm-hmm. or a, a driver's license from another state, those have to be all current. But I don't, but I don't have to have a current Michigan license. So you can have an expired license. That's fine. But it would have Granny got a warrant. Um, is it, so you may <laughs> if Granny, if hundred year old Granny has <laughs> granny, a warrant out for her arrest, okay, but she's not she is not serving time, correct? No, no, she's no. Not serving so, time. so you need to be serving time. That's that's the that's the threshold in the state of Michigan. So if you're at Kent County Jail awaiting trial or arraignment or whatever that is, you may vote absentee. Um, if you're not convicted, if you're not convicted, if you're in Kent County Jail and you, and you are convicted, or you're at Jackson or Ionia or whatever else, you can't vote. As soon as you served your time, you as soon as you served your time, you can re-register and, and join the voting process. And um, also, it, and that does not include parole. So as soon as you're done serving your time, you may you may go back up. You are welcome to back and vote. That's not the same in every state. So like when you talked about being in Memphis, Tennessee has different different laws. Um, and a lot of southern states have it where if you once a felon, always a felon when it comes to voting. And, um, but not in the state of Michigan. Once you served your time, you're you're welcome back into the public public sphere. Excellent. That's good news for some of the folks who asked me yep. <laughs> that particular question. Right. Um, another question I've gotten is, if I want to hear the results or see the results in real time, how do I do so? Yeah. Watch parties and victory parties that I'm going to post about notwithstanding. <laughs> yes. So, um, access to Kent. So, www.accesskent. So, A-C-C-E-S-S-Kent.com. That's the Kent County's website. That's where we direct our, from the Grand Rapids City website, everybody directs to there. Because, like I was talking about with those tabulators with the modem, mm-hmm. so they're going to be modem your results. Um, in the last, if you went to elections past, you didn't see City of Grand Rapids results until one or two in the morning. Because what would happen is, if there was one precinct out of the seventy-seven that was having issues, we couldn't. We took all those memory cards out of the tabulators, bring them back to the office, load them into a computer, and then send that file over to Kent County, mm-hmm. and then you get all the results at once. So watch parties and stuff got results because they had people at all the precincts getting the numbers. Mm-hmm. But now with those modems, um, so if you saw the city elections last November and this August, mm-hmm. you started seeing results getting posted on Access Kent 
at like 805, 810, as, as precincts were closing, they would modem in the results and they would be going up in real time. So gone are the days where you had to have like 77 volunteers in all the precincts mm -hmm. um, gathering all that data. Um, we're sending it up um, in real time. So, but what, what you do have to remember though is what you're seeing is only the precinct voters, not the absentees. So um, here's a myth buster. Here's a myth buster for you. Mm -hmm. We do count. We do count every absentee ballot that gets returned. <laughs> that, that's one of those things I hear. I'm like, well, you only count them if they're close. I'm like, well, how do I know if it's going to be close? Right. No, we count every absentee <laughs> ballot that we receive. That's valid one that we receive, and we have to have it in by eight o'clock on election day. Mm -hmm. So if it comes in the, it's not postmarked. So if it comes in the mail on, this is why the mail time is important. Mm -hmm. If it comes in on Wednesday, we can't count it. It's late. That's why we have to have the military and overseas ones out 45 days ahead of time to give it time to get back here. Okay. So we count absentees. So that, those results will come in in one false swoop because I'll take a flash drive from the, the tabulator that's reading those. And I'll send that whole file over to Kent County when they're done processing. But I'm not anticipating that to be late as well. I think in the 2016 election, the city of Grand Rapids was pretty much wrapped up by 11 o'clock. That's good news. Um, we'll all be watching and waiting for those results, and I'll definitely have access to up, and I'll be sharing that, that page um, not only on the Political Pulse website, on my personal media, and everywhere else. Um, another question that I, I would love to hear your perspective on, and this is kind of one I find valid because I've experienced um, voting in the past and seen where something wasn't going the way it should have, or I had a question primarily back when I lived. Uh, I was on the board of the Creston Neighborhood Association. I was out in Creston trying to encourage neighbors to vote. I had a kind of had a dog in the race. I had a candidate that was on the ballot and was reminding people to go vote and noticed that there was construction all through Plainfield and Leonard. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, it was really funny to me. I went to go uh, see all the cars that were backed up and they were all trying to go vote. They all had their window down and were saying, we're trying to vote. And there was this woman with an orange vest on saying, well, we got to pave the road. This is your tax dollars at work. Turn around. And was not giving them a route to uh, the polling place. So naturally, I called 311 and got a whole bunch of runaround. So then I finally just called Commissioner Ruth Kelly and then eventually spoke with Rosalind Bliss, uh, who's now our mayor, just saying, hey, why would they not give notice that they were going to do construction on this main road when everyone's trying to get to vote and all these people are getting turned around their lunch hour and what eventually came out of that was an hour or two later I got a call back saying hey it rained on the original day they were planning to pave the road so they had to push it back no one knew they were going to be paving the road on election day and what we're going to do is have the crew gone by 5 p.m. and they end up closing down and coming back the next day but in terms of someone who doesn't have the commissioner's number and their cell phone and the mayor to text how do you kind of um how do you troubleshoot if you see something happening at the polls right. that you don't think is right or that doesn't make sense or that you feel like is a barrier or right. an act of suppression? Well, first of all, bridge is going to be closed on next week. Good news. In, fr in front of the city market. So, well, because of that, now that, we know. There you go. So there's 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 one tidbit for you. Um, I'm posting that in We Are Westsiders <laughs> because I live on Bridge and Sunset, and I needed to know that. Yeah, so, so, so yeah. it was all over the city. The city posted yeah. it last week. I, I got an email from yeah. Steve Guitar about yeah. that. So anyway, I think, I, and, and I love that we can do all this social media stuff. So um, mm -hmm. where were we? Oh, if you see something, if you see something, mm -hmm. say something. So you can call 311 or... or um, and, and get that information. We, our, our staff will be monitoring a lot of that. Um, I've worked well with our attorney's office to make sure that we can go out and troubleshoot. I've spent a lot of time meeting with um, 
the West Michigan lawyers uh, with ACLU and Proactive. Um, we know there's going to be we know there's going to be challengers out there. Um, it's all part of the the small D democratic process. We're all we're all working together. So I I talked to um, I was talking to our election inspectors, and I'm going to be working with the proactive challengers tomorrow. Um, that we're all in this together. We all have our role in this in this process, and uh, and it, it just makes us all better. Especially meeting with the attorneys all these times when we can talk things out and have expectations of what what they expect and what I expect. It was fantastic because and then we don't all speak the same language either, and so we and we were still having discussions today about about people on on the list and inactive voters and challenge voters. That's a whole other issue, but just that we ha we're all talking a common language. Yeah, that's important. Well, I'm glad we have a city clerk that's willing to have those conversations. Joel, you have an open invitation here at Political Pulse. I encourage you, no, I implore you to come back um, so we can have that conversation about the inactive voters, the voter registration um, database that the Secretary of State recently like updated, all this other information that I think we should uh, talk about regarding civic engagement and our rights around voting. Um, but for today, the takeaway is make sure that on Tuesday, November 6th, you get out and vote. You have all of the resources, they are readily available to you. You can pick up any device and visit www.michigan.gov vote and find out your polling place, the location that you go to. You can verify that you're registered. You can find out all the information that you need. And worst come to worst, you can just Google your city clerk's office and drive in with your questions and you can go do that. Um, if you see something happening that shouldn't be, you can call 866-OUR-VOTE-6-8-7-8-6-8-3 as well. If you want to get trained to be a poll watcher, poll challenger, feel free to inbox the political polls at 97.3 The Beat page and we'll be giving you information so you can go to a training to be one of the people who, like you mentioned, protects democracy. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to Political Pulse with Denavia Monday and keep tuning in to 97.3 The Beat.